Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the ladies of anime trending. We are back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I am joined by. Hello, I am Isabel, and this is Agnes. So, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be about the best boys we've ever seen in anime. And by boys, we mean B O I, the very cute sort of pet name we give to our pets when we call them good boys and good girls. Though, I think it's actually more common to refer to, even when you're like praising your pets, that our girls would be like, oh, they're such good boys. So, Anyway, we are going to talk about our favorite little furry critters that we've seen in anime that have, you know, just been really, really, really good and great in regards to their story and how they look visually. It's going to be a nice fluffy episode because we are recording literally like two days before Christmas. So uh, we wanted to end and this is probably our last episode for the year yeah so we wanted to end the year with a really nice wholesome topic for everyone to feel warm and fuzzy about so with that being said agnes you are starting us off for this week so what are some good boys that you've seen in anime that you just like to gush about and really want to talk about them hell yeah um, so the first one is going to be a very cute very brave Iba, uh, Shinu. Shiba Inu from the movie Sword of the Stranger. His name is Tobimaru. He is the faithful companion of Kotaro after the monastery had burned down. And he's been at his side ever since, making sure that Tobimaru stays safe and that he stays alive until the end of the movie. He's a very loyal, very good dog. He is. He instantly befriends the um, ISTP of the group who reluctantly <laughs> joins them to protect Kotaro. And he actually is such a good boy that he protected Kotaro from a poison knife that was supposed to kill Kotoro. Ooh, oh, that is a very good boy. <laughs> I would say the second fight scene, so the very first fight scene for Nanashi, but technically the second fight scene of the movie, um, they are encountered by soldiers that corner them at a, an abandoned temple. And while Nanashi is occupied, you know, fighting off some of the other soldiers, the Ming soldier sends a poison knife that is sent his way towards Kotoro, and Tobimaru bravely leaps to grab the knife out of the air, but then he is nicked by another knife that like slices across his back. And so for like the first half of the movie, he's like suffering egregiously from wounds and then also from this poison that Nanashi has to end up saving him for. So best boy of the movie, <laughs> in my opinion. He is super cute. I saw him before when I had looked up screenshots and I was immediately like, who's that good boy over there? <laughs> like, I know there <laughs> he was, was that cool... good boy. I know. <laughs> He's uh, like, I know boy. there was a cool sword fight happening, but I spied a dog. And, so... <laughs> <laughs> and Gracie's cute animal senses were tingling when she oh saw the good screenshot. I, I just, I, I love animals. Like, ever since I was a kid, I adored them. So I'm always really happy happy to see them per se also look someone dressed um because you know i think it is necessary to look up photos of these adorable creatures and someone dressed their dog up as toby maru who is also a shida ibu oh I'm no way how yeah. cute i'm sending it in our chat but <laughs> they're so cute yes 
Oh, actually, yeah, that, oh, that is Toby. That's really interesting, though, because in the, I think, I feel like the the official movie for um, Sword of the Stranger, I don't think he has a red scarf. Let me double check. Doesn't the picture like online or like that, that one? Oh, picture, no, no, it, guess, he does. But... He does. No, he does. Okay, I just remembered wrong because it's been so long since I've seen it. <laughs> Even it's though a, it's an old it movie, recently. yeah. <laughs> it is an old movie, yeah. Yeah, he's so cute. The, the image is so adorable. I love it. I know. It's so cute. I have a quick question, though, because yes. Shiba Inus are particularly well known to be cat like in regards to their personalities. Uh, do you see that at all in the character? <laughs> Particularly cat-like. That's a very good question. Um, in the movie, he I know is... a lot about dog breeds, so that's why. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you would know this. Um, from what I remember in the movie, he's very protective as a dog, but he doesn't really come off as cat-like compared to what we actually see. But it's probably because you know, it's not the whole movie isn't focused around Toby Waters, so we probably don't see those cat tendencies. We just see the more brave Doge side of him, just leaping up, protecting his master. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I was just so curious because Shiba Inu are quite well known for having a bit of an attitude, believe it or not. So, he he um, Water does have a bit of an attitude. Sometimes he straight up ignores Kotoro when Kotoro is being kind of like whiny or being kind oh, of like uptight. Yeah. Because because okay. uh, Toby Mother really likes Nanashi in the movie because mm-hmm. you know Nanashi saved his master and also Nanashi cares for him. Uh, he, but basically, Nanashi actually spat, like, sucked out and spat out the poison out of his wound, too. So, um, Tobimaru has always really liked Nanashi, but he always knows that Kotoro is a bit of a sundere, especially he has a bit of his temperament. So, whenever Kotoro gets kind of mad or being a little bit irrational, like, Tobimaru kind of, like, ignores him. <laughs> okay, you know what? That is classic Shiba Inu behavior right there, so... <laughs> So that did translate to the big screen is what you're telling me. <laughs> uh, I guess it did, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. No, he's a cutie. Has there, um, were there any other scenes that have, like, stood out to you? Like, even if it's just, like, some of the most mundane moments, like, where he just whacks his tail and it looks cute? <laughs> I don't remember a mundane moment, but I, what I thought was really realistic in the anime was that after Tobimaru got, like, slashed by the, by the poison dart, you could hear him, because he was, like, leaping up to grab the, the first knife that got slashed by the second knife. You can hear him whimpering as he, like, collapses onto the floor. <laughs> and I felt like that was a really great attention to detail because, you know, obviously we don't see animals in pain in anime, which is a good thing. We shouldn't right. be. <laughs> but at the same time, it's not, like, something that was kind of, like, done off-screen or implied off-screen. It was, like, very done explicitly. So I thought the attention to detail was better. I don't have any mundane moments of uh, of Tobimaru in my mind other than the fact that sometimes he sides with Nanashi rather than Kotoro at times. That's really cute. <laughs> oh, I love doggies. I love animals. <laughs> I know All you right. do. I know you do. <laughs> so if that is your first good boy who is your second one? Is it a cat? Uh, did you pick a cat? I'm so curious. <laughs> I actually did pick a cat. I do have a third type that I don't think you'll be able to guess the animal but it would make sense why I would choose it afterwards. Um, but the second animal that I did pick was a cat. It is Panther Lily from Fairy Tale. Oh, that's it- a good one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, I know we, that we talked at length in one of the previous episodes about why I prefer Panther Lily over Happy or Frodo or some of the other cats is because like Panther Lily is like, you know, big and stoic. He can transform and he's like Gadget's like right hand man in a sense. And it was a big 
gag throughout Fairy Tale for a very long time before the Eskid arc that Gadriel didn't have a cat, even though the other two Dragon Slayers had cats. And so Gadriel has always wanted a cat, kind of like in a way, it kind of reminds me of me. I'm like, I've always wanted a cat. Um, and then he finally gets a cat, and it's not some cute little docile animal, but it's something that he can spar with and have a great time. So in a way, Panther Lily's his own character, not necessarily like a pet pet, but he's very endearing that he has a super like chibi, small chibi form, and he has like a big scar across his like forehead, and he tries to look super intimidating, but he just looks really cute with all the other eskeets. Yeah, no, Panther Lily is absolutely adorable. I think what always had caught me off guard is when I watched like fairy tale clips. I didn't watch the entirety of the season, but or the series itself. But it's like he has such a cute chibi form, and then his voice is like super deep. You know? <laughs> yeah, his voice is super duper deep. <laughs> and so the funniest story I have about him is that I was watching just clips of fairy tale before I finally like went to a wikia and read everything to understand what was going on. And so I had met Panther Lily, not in his OG form, but in his like cute like cat wing form. And so when he had opened his mouth and he started talking, it's like this old man voice coming out of it. I was like, what the? And I wasn't expecting that at all. I was so confused, especially since all the other cats obviously have like really really cutesy sort of kiddish voice so it really threw me off guard in that regard but hands down he is one of the best cats I think I like him first and then Fro afterwards because I just think Fro is so cute but uh but he definitely has like the best personality and as well as the fact that he's not useless so (laughs) exactly yeah because like Happy is definitely the most useless he's been a comedy guy for like so long but that's always been a hero, Mashimono, Mashimono, uh, Mashimono, Mashimono, uh, has always been his trademark is that there's always some sort of mascot that is very clueless or very like oblivious or kind of there to be the gag of the series to lighten it up. Cause I know <gasps> Rave Master has Plu, which yeah! is like this weird dog with the, the drill nose. Yes. And so for fairy tale, for the very, for a very long time, the first half of the series, not so much the second half, because the second half got a lot more serious, but the first half has always been happy as the mascot animal that is very fun. But at the same time, even though I do like some gag animes, happy at some points kind of pushes my buttons because, you know, he's kind of <laughs> useless in a situation. He can barely, like, fly to, like, lift Lucy out of battle. So I'm like, you know what? It's it's fine. I don't need a, a best boy in this anime. And then, you know, Panther Lily comes along in the manga and the anime, and I'm like, okay, that's the best boy right there. <laughs> Charles is like interesting because she's the the Slendere of the of the show, um, but even then, like Charles doesn't really do much other than just make like sarcastic quips and be like, "Oh, whatever, I'm just here because Wendy asked me to," you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, "Okay, girl, okay, you can kind of chill right here." She's kind of mean. She's a little bit mean. She's a little bit mean as a Slendere, but you know, some people don't mind it, especially Wendy, who's like kind of a doormat. So she just kind of takes it. Yeah, that's true. What about you, uh, Isabel? Uh, was Panther Lily your favorite amongst the cats? Yeah, I haven't seen Fairy Tale, so I can't comment on that. So, but looking at the pictures of Panther Lily, they seem pretty awesome. Uh, it seems like they use a sword. I see that like on yes. the back of the picture. So in the original, I believe, if I remember correctly, because it's been so long since I read Fairy Tale and watched it, the cats come from a 
alternative dimension where they yeah. rule like a kingdom called the Eskid Kingdom. Oh, but Charles good and <laughs> oh my god, it's been so long. Charles, which is the white cat, and Happy, which is the blue cat, were kind of cast off from Eskid and landed into the current world or dimension where all the other main characters live and eventually kind of grew into their current forms but they weren't able to kind of like evolve into their true form while being stuck in that dimension so that's why they've always been small cats versus panther lily has the ability to make himself larger because that was his true form in the eskid kingdom so that's why he can shift between forms he's like a more mature cat think of it like happy and charles are like teenagers or like mid-20s and then Panther Lilies is like in his 30s and 40s. Oh, okay, okay. So he's like much more mature. He's much more built. And that's why he has like a deeper, more old man voice. Um, but it turns out that after he left Eskid, so basically he came back to the real dimension where Gagio lives with all the other um, fairy tale members. He reverted back to his small size because he says that his big size doesn't really fit society and it's also very difficult for him to maintain that big form because it does take a lot of magic as well. And the magic in the current dimension where all the fairy tale members live, it's not as, I guess, like a richly filled with like mana or like ether as compared mm-hmm. to like the Eski Kingdom. So he has a smaller size in fairy tale as a result. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> Um, all right, so I'm endlessly curious about your last one because you said it's not typical. So I, no, it's not typical. Can I and play it's 20, 20 questions really quickly? <laughs> oh yeah, sure. I just blurted it out, but I wasn't sure if you caught that for sure. Okay, I, I don't think I did. Okay, so is it okay, cool. a mythical creature? No, it's not. Okay, then I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That was a very sharp question. He's a reindeer. His name is 2020 Chopper from One Piece. Chopper! Um, there's a forever gag in One Piece that Chopper is the pet of the Straw Hats, even though he has his own abilities. He's an, an incredibly accomplished doctor. He cured a lot of diseases and figured out a lot of ailments because he used to be a deer that ate a devil fruit that uh, that was the human human fruit, which gives him the ability to speak English or like um, the language that they speak in One Piece. And so as a result, he was taken in by a doctor who taught him medicine and taught him how to read and write. And he became the doctor of the Straw Hats crew. But it's a running gag in the show of One Piece because Tony Tony is so small as a character. He's a tiny little reindeer. He's often mistaken as a tanuki. And his... Um, his bounty. So all the straw hats, all the straw hats have a particular bounty on their head because they're pirates. Tony Choppers is only worth like fifty dollars worth of bounty. That is so sad. I could pay him off right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like every time they go into like a new arc and all the bounties go up, Choppers always complaining in the background how his bounty is still like fifty berries, which is like fifty dollars, and that it has like the cutest expression of him wanting to eat candy floss or like cotton candy in his bounty poster, where everyone looks kind of like badass in their bounty posters. <laughs> Okay, I do have a quick question as the person who doesn't watch yes. One Piece. How is he talking? Like, is he, like, from another... Oh, I just explained that earlier. Well, oh, it's just, like, is there more of these, like, just animals that talk? Or- yes. Okay. Well, ahead. there. so in One Piece, there are, there are, like, humanoid animals called the Mink Clan that do have the ability to speak and assume an animal form, but... Chopper just was a straight up animal reindeer. 
Okay. Ate a fruit, and now he can talk. Okay, that's so he it really is unique of all of them. Okay, got it. Yes, he is an actual animal. Okay. <laughs> that can talk. Okay, okay. I just like I straight up to an make animal. sure about that. There were more of them just wandering about in the world. No, no, no. He's the he's the only so, so in one piece all the devil fruits are very unique. There is no one devil fruit that exists at the same time. Oh. If the original user dies from like whatever after they consumed the devil fruit and they died of, you know, being killed or natural causes or whatever, the devil fruit may respawn somewhere in the world. So at the moment, Tony Tony Chopper is the only one who has eaten the human human fruit and is able to communicate despite being an animal. Okay, that is really interesting. I see. I didn't know all like the devil fruit were just unique. Like, okay, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Wait, did they yeah, ever yeah. go over like what happens if a human eats this fruit? Oh, yeah. ju- I just thought of that. Like, what happens if that happens, or is it so? Only there animals? is uh-huh. no, there's no record of what happens if something something may eat the fruit, um, because that uh, possibility has not been explored yet. There's no record of who has eaten what fruit so far, because most of the people who have devil fruits are very strong users and they're not easily killed. So. There's no real theory or understanding so far as to what happens if a human eats that fruit. However, um, it is to be said that eating a devil's fruit is not to be taken lightly because most people actually die from eating devil's fruit. Oh, okay. So Chopper and a lot, even though like One Piece is like riddled with devil fruits users, it is incredibly rare actually that somebody can survive from eating the devil fruit, which is why later on in One Piece, there is a plot device that involves multiple arcs where an artificial devil fruit is existed, is uh, created out of like, uh, reverse engineering and bioengineering in order to kind of mimic what an actual devil fruits would do, but it would have a, per- a lower percentage of kill rate after consumption. Got it. That is really fascinating world building, though. So, <laughs> oh, that, that's thanks to God Oda, right there. Right. Well, that reindeer was very lucky that it didn't kill him. So. Right, exactly. It, he just ate it and he was just like, oh, I can talk now. <laughs> I guess the the other thing I was thinking of, Isabel, to your question is, I feel like it would be a little hard to record simply because of the fact that, you know, based on what Agnes said, is that there's only one for each and it's like they all have unique function. Like if it's gone, it's gone. You can't really test it. Yeah. And the thing is, is that the devil fruits is there's no record of what devil fruits exist in the world other than the people who consume it. Because it's such a rare item, and so you can't just go around hopping items and finding random like devil fruits lying around. You can't even verify that it's a devil's fruit until you eat it, and you basically have a 50-50 chance of inheriting the power and living or dying. Yeah, you basically can't do the scientific method on it. <laughs> no, you can't. It's very difficult to do the scientific method, which is the reason why only one particular plot device and one particular scientist was able to basically reverse engineer the devil's fruits and make it so that they can mass produce it for an army, which is a plot device for later on in One Piece. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is a pretty important character in One Piece. So with that being said, which scene has been your favorite? Because I'm guessing that he has shown up quite a bit, a lot of scenes. So, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Chopper has a lot of really cool scenes. But the funniest thing about Chopper is that he's a sundere. 
Aww. Um, so whenever the the crew like compliments him or a stranger thanks him for like saving them, he'll be he'll he'll say in a really shrill voice. He'll be like, "Don't thank me, you idiot!" And he gets like really shy and blushy about it. And everyone in the crew just kind of laughs because they know that he's just a big sundere, but really takes those compliments to heart because it shows that he's actually doing his work well. I see. So those are your favorite moments with him. <laughs> yes, those are his famous. I'll, I'll send it to you, and you'll just be like, "Oh, he's so cute," or he'll you you just kind of laugh. At the absurdity of him being blushy. Although nowadays in One Piece, because the tone has shifted to become more serious, he has to get his work a lot more seriously, and he's a, a little less of a sundere. At the end of it, he's more concerned about like saving lives and things like that. But overall, he's still a big sundere at heart. Got it. I do feel bad though because I understand like why he would not feel great about being called like a pet, you know, or a mascot per se. But at the same time, he really just looks like it. So (laughs) (laughs) he definitely looks like it. He has that cute little blue button nose. He's very small. He's kind of like a runt in a pack. And then he has like a, he's usually wearing a big, large hat. So it makes him look kind of dopey cute Mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah. Ah, man. Alrighty, well, thank you for those good boys. We accept them all and we love them all as we should. So, absolutely. Alrighty, so I think it is my turn now in regards to the circle we go. So, I have one pick that everyone knows about, and I have another pick that I feel like less people know about. So, I'm hoping you guys um, know about this one, but it wouldn't surprise me if you don't. But my first boy I would like to talk about is uh, Fuzzy or Moja Moja from the Morose Mono- Mononokian. It's an Ayakashi anime, and it basically um, is about two boys, one of them who accidentally somehow got the ability to saw Ayakashi when he was in high school, even though he has never had that ability before in the past. And um, another boy, his classmate actually, who is uh, who is who actually is in charge of the Mononokian, which by itself is also an Ayakashi, but essentially it is a door that is capable of sending spirits who have gotten trapped in the human world back to the spirit world. And so, um, have you two heard of that anime at all? I only heard of it through your review, but nothing more than that. Oh man, I reviewed it. I don't even remember that. I reviewed- yeah, you don't remember your review. I- I'm sitting here. Yeah, Agnes, I remember her review too. <laughs> what? Crazy's the one. Like I remember everything. Doesn't even remember her own review. I really don't remember reviewing this. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you know you guys remember my review, even though I don't remember anything about it. Um, but yeah. So uh, Moja Moja. Uh, so uh, fun fact: the official name for Moja. Moja is fuzzy. However, I call him Floofy because Shauna named him Floofy. So Shauna saw like a screenshot I took of like a white fluff ball because that's essentially what he is. And she was just like, what's that Floofy thing behind like that anime character? And I was just like, I like Floofy as a name better than Fuzzy. And so, mm-hmm. and since Moja Moja is technically a sound effect, um, which, you know, Gina, uh, my roommate told me about, but uh, Moja Moja is a sound effect. So I was like, I'm replacing Fuzzy's name as Floofy. So from henceforth, I'm referring to him as Floofy. But Anyway, Floofy is this adorable, like, fluffy white demon with, like, stubby legs. And he has three tails and purple eyes. And essentially how he comes into the story is that he was the first Ayakashi that Ashiya saw 
for some reason, Ashi is the main character who develops the ability for it, even though he didn't have it before and he didn't know why and uh, or he didn't know how or why this ability has developed. But he saw uh, he saw a uh, floofy just one day all beaten up like on the streets and stuff like that. So immediately he assumed Floofy was a stuffed animal. And so he, being the nice person that he is, decided to pick up Floofy and put it in a shopping bag and hang it on the side to be like, okay, you know, hopefully who's ever a stuffed animal that was, the kid comes back and he'll be able to see it easily that I left it for him. But obviously Floofy is not a stuffed animal. He's alive or quote unquote alive and so immediately um immediately like sticks to ashia because he realized that a human can see him which freaks ashia out a lot because that is not a normal human and essentially fluffy accidentally possesses ashia where uh, ashia finally has to call on abino who is the master of the mononoke and also his classmate to um help him like exercise uh fluffy but uh, at first, the way that the story is set up is it seems like Floofy is going to, like, go to the spirit world and never come back. But actually, he does end up coming back because uh, Floofy is representative of, like, the spirits of dead pets. In particular, Floofy is representative of the spirit of a dead dog, which is why he is so affectionate and, like, his tail wags all the time and he likes to play fetch and he likes to snuggle against Ashia and other people. Um, and, like, you it's just his tail tells you everything on how he feels. And of course, he's extremely loyal. He is absolutely the mascot of this anime. But as a whole, like you never hear him talk. He's just always reacting and you're you're basing it off of his face in regards to how he feels, which is why I love him so much, because his facial expressions are just so expressive with his like ginormous purple eyes that I just can't help but like want to squeeze him every time I see him. And he's just the most adorable thing in the world. I loved him so much that actually my roommate when she was in Japan <laughs> found a plushie of him <laughs> and bought him for me so I could like continue Aww. to squeeze him when Very I work. Cute. Yeah. No, I've made so many GIFs of Floofy. It's like, it's pathetic to say the least. Um, but yeah, he's just really cute. And I, I just, I haven't seen a more adorable pet per se. Definitely not as, um, not as like important or powerful, you know, as Panther Lily or Chopper or, or, you know, Toby, uh, Toby Modern for that matter, because Toby Modern stopped a poison knife. Um, Floofy, he's not very yeah, he's not powerful. He's just here for like emotional support. But I accept any white ball of fluff on my shoulder as emotional support. So, um, so yeah, so like, that is my first pick in regards to a good boy. I actually really like that anime. Uh, it didn't go the manga route because I think they wanted to wrap it up per se. But I ended up reading the manga and the manga ended up being really good. I got really invested in it. So uh, I was pretty sad that the anime didn't continue, but I have also grown used to that fact. So uh, that is my first pick. My second pick is definitely going to be one that you guys recognize a lot more, but it is Nyanko Sensei from Natsume Book of Friends. Yes, Nyanko Sensei. Let's go. Yes. I keep forgetting. Neither of you two have seen it, right? Like, you guys know a lot about it. You just haven't seen it. I watched, like, chunks here and there of Natsume's Book of Friends, but I never, like, fully watched it. I only know mostly, like, the beginning part of when he inherited Nyanko Sensei. Okay, perfect. Uh 
Yeah, I haven't seen either, but yeah, I've only seen like you know pictures and things like that. So that's about it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, okay, so Nyanko Sensei is absolutely utterly iconic. One new one bit of information that like blew my mind when I was researching. Well, really, you know, fangirling <laughs> and squealing over how cute they look. But uh, when I was researching for this episode, is that apparently Nyanko Sensei's voice actor voices Kakashi <laughs> from <laughs> from Naruto? What? Yeah. Wow, that is that is game changer. Oh my god. Yeah. In fact, that's what jump started his career. He won a Seiyu award for his voicing of Yonko Sensei and and I also confirm he does both the really deep voice when uh, Yonko Sensei turns into his like full Ayakashi form and then he also does the really like old man squeaky voice like that is range that I never knew that Kakashi's like voice actor was capable of but yeah that like blew my mind so I'm glad to hear you guys did not know that either <laughs> That's a fun fact. I, I like that fact for sure. <laughs> Me too, yeah. Are you imagining Kakashi now as like Yako Sensei? <laughs> you know what? I am actually. <laughs> you might as well take any scene of Kakashi Sensei, you know, like lecturing the kids or whatever, yeah. but then just overlay it with the Yako yes! Sensei voice instead. <laughs> Photoshop him out and Photoshop Yako Sensei in instead. So <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yes. No, uh, Nyako Sensei is actually one of the main characters of Natsume's Book of Friends, so uh, definitely a lot more, contributes a lot more to the story as well as to what's happening. But I actually also really like the buildup as to why Nyanko Sensei is so powerful. So Nyanko Sensei has two forms. One is the form that all the humans can see, and the other form is the Ayakashi form where only Natsume can see. And um, and the reason why he has two forms is because he is so powerful. He is capable of um, giving a form to himself where even humans can see him. So his human form, or this form that humans can see, is a really round cat. And so um, a cat that definitely needs to go on a diet sort of cat. Um, and he took that form because that was the uh, figurine that he was originally sealed into for a long time. We don't know how or why uh, like a spirit this powerful got sealed in the first place. And neither has he talked about it, and neither has Natsume really asked him. And so... Um, I'm guessing we'll figure it out eventually, but, you know, I'm guessing in this case. Um, but anyway, so he decides to adopt that form as, like, the form that humans can see. But when he is actually in his Ayakashi form, he is essentially this ginormous, like, wolf-looking creature that is, like, white with, like, uh, Ayakashi markings. So he is both a cat and a dog is essentially what I'm saying. And I thought that was a very clever choice of his portrayal because because Nyanko Sensei is a type of Ayakashi in Japanese mythology that that represents uh, the spirits of pets and more particularly is worship because of humans loving pets. And so a common thread slash theme in Natsume's Book of Friends is that as humans become more and more modern, People don't really believe or worship these spirits anymore, and they start to lose their power because of that. And so, uh, so a lot of powerful goddess, gods or goddesses or ayakashi in the past, they are actually really weak now because, you know, humans don't really remember them and they don't really worship them anymore. Uh, but and that is also why um, that is also why Nyanko Sensei is just so ridiculously strong. And if anything, he has only grown stronger as society has advanced in technological ways because 
if you think about it, our love for our pets has never faded. Like I would say as humans have evolved and grown, they've our like attachment and our, you know, emotional sort of development towards pets have only grown stronger throughout the years rather than weaken and believe in it less, which is why Yanko Sisei is basically just a, well, how do you pronounce that? A Dus X machine? Is that how you pronounce it? D- oh, Deus X machine. Yes, yeah. Thank you. Uh, Deuce, that's why Yanko Sisei is basically a Deus X machine because he is so ridiculously overpowered since modern society humans absolutely adore their pets and that's what he represents. And so, uh, so I thought that was really brilliant as to explain why he's so powerful. And on top of that, like why he takes two forms, one a cat and one a dog, because cats and dogs are the most common form of pets for humans today. So just some a little extra tidbit that I thought I really liked about Nyanko Sensei. Um, and then, of course, unsurprisingly, he his personality is also sort of a mesh between dogs and cats. He is very fickle. He kind of does what his he kind of does his own things. And, you know, if he wants to go outside and get sake, yes, he drinks sake. <laughs> um, but if he wants to go outside and drink sake, he ignores Natsume. He just goes do it. But then if he wants to, like, come back and cuddle, he comes back and do it. Um, but then he also represents, you know, parts of the dog where he is extraordinarily loyal to Natsume. He is not okay if anyone hurts him. He's a bit of a tsundere about it, as cats tend to be. You know, they act like they don't care, even though they do care a lot about you. But then at the same time, like, his fangs are out if Natsume gets hurt in any way. So I just love Nyanko Sensei and sort of what he represents to Natsume's character development and journey because that is essentially the... First time that, you know, Natsume has felt safe. Uh, He obviously loved his adoptive parents a lot and, you know, he would do anything for them. But a bit of safety is still absent in regards to his stay with them simply because they his adoptive parents, they can't protect him from the Ayakashi, especially if they are malicious in regards to it. But after meeting Yanko Sensei and Yanko Sensei is just so ridiculously overpowered that for the first time ever, Natsume is able to go to sleep and not be scared that something might attack him at night. And um, and it's only through security do you start to sort of reach out and become more yourself. I think there's a, a, was it Maslow's hierarchy of needs? I think that's what it was. Maslow's hierarchy of needs have actually talked about security, like, you know, feeling, feeling safe is like, First, it's like you have to have your basic needs met, you know, a roof over your house, a a roof over your head, uh, food and water and stuff like that. But I believe the second level after that is safety. And so Natsume has essentially finally fulfilled his first level when he met his adoptive parents. But that second level was still missing. And then Yanko Sensei came into his life and suddenly life has just gotten so much better for him because finally he knows he's safe and he has someone looking out for him someone who's always going to come flying and has the ability to protect him from all the bad stuff that has happened before in the past so I always thought that was really powerful as well so yeah uh and Yanko sensei is iconic I just really love him and I basically just spent this whole time ranting about how great he is so basically what I'm telling you girls is that we should build a shrine for him and worship him (laughs) and make him as powerful as possible (laughs) isn't he powerful already he is but you know what it never hurts to make him a little more (laughs) more stronger yes (laughs) 
Well, if, if it's for pets, I'm down. I'm down to make a shrine. <laughs> Agnes, I will die for the cat in my room right now. <laughs> uh, well, unless the cat has already left your room. I don't know. <laughs> I don't see them right here. They might be cuddling with my mom, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, Alrighty then, so that is my pick and my two picks in regards to the good boys of anime that I really want to spotlight. So, Isabel, it is now your turn. Also, I realize I forgot to ask you guys: Do any of you guys own pets? You want to go first with this one, Isabel? Yeah, I do not. Mostly because my parents don't want pets in the house. So I think I grew up with like that idea: like, oh, I don't really want pets in my house. Um, But more recently. I've been very interested in getting cats. Is there a particular breed that you're looking into for a cat? Um, my boyfriend's friend has this very, very cute orange cat. I really want an orange cat like like him. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, those ones are really pretty. Yeah, they're really pretty. And he's, I just want a cuddly cat. And uh, There's another cat that they have too that, that she just like runs away every time I try to touch her. Or she always wants to sit by the window to cool off. And she'll just mm. meow at you to open the door. And that's about all the interaction you're going to get. <laughs> so, yeah, I want to get to stay next to me. Um, but yeah, what about you, Agnes? Um, mm-hmm. I've always liked cats. Uh, I had a cat growing up when I was in middle school. Uh, sadly, we lived in an area with a lot of coyotes. So it's very oh, likely she accidentally ran out and wow. got strayed somewhere. Um, but it's been hard for me trying to get a pet to live with my current living situation because we travel so often it just turns out that the place that i'm staying at for christmas this year has a very adorable and young cat that is prowling around the house and is very affectionate with me um but it also likes to play with the wires that are set up around my mic so it is a little bit cumbersome to uh kind of take her away from the desk and make sure she doesn't fiddle with any of my mic settings while i'm here yeah, cats love anything that dangles is what I've learned. <laughs> yeah, it's a they think of it as a play toy. They think that it's a it's a challenge for them to pounce on their prey because it moves like their prey, right? It kind of just like oh, slithers away or it kind that. of like darts away. Yeah. So yeah, so cat toys, if you watch carefully when you play with cats, if you mimic the pattern of like a skittish prey animal, the cat will come for it. You can't just kind of like passively just let it dangle in the air because the cat might not be interested, but you kind of have to give it like jerky movement so that the cat keeps looking at the item. Yeah, no, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Have you guys seen the video of like a cougar or I think it was a cougar, a cougar discovering that like an outside swing can like swing back and forth and it started playing with it? Like, Oh, I have not seen yeah, that. Yeah, no, it was. I have not uh, seen I'll that. I'll link it to you later. But it was really fascinating since, uh, and I think it was you who linked that video, Agnes, where it's like cats, like. Me? <laughs> Even I don't remember. Well, no, no, no. I'm not the cougar one, but more like uh, you linked a video that talked about how house cats can be quote unquote weird because they didn't really change that much from their wild counterparts. Oh, yes. That TED talk that I sent you guys. Yeah, it's super interesting for that. TED yeah. Talk. So I like that's what it made me think of because that would explain why wolves and dogs are very, very different from each other. But house cats and like very large, like wild cats, like cougars and stuff will exhibit the exact same behavior with each other. So I, that's what it made me think yeah, of, yeah, yeah. which is why the cougar was like, ooh, a thing that's sweet. <laughs> so, <laughs> He's just like, is this something I can eat? <laughs> you know, kind of it really did look like the life has changed in the cougar's eyes. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
that the crew is probably like, wow, a thing that is bigger and stronger than me. Maybe I can eat it. And it's just a swing set. (laughs) It is. (laughs) So to answer everyone's question, since I asked the question, so I'll answer my own question, is that I don't currently own a pet. I do very much want to own a pet once, like, I have my own place, as in, like, a house and stuff like that. Uh, I do have a betta fish right now because that's uh, what I've raised for a very long time. So um, so that's like my current pet. But in the future, I would like to have a cat or a dog or maybe both. I do love both a lot. So um, would you think about owning any other animals like more exotic stuff for birds? Just because I know that you're no. a big animal lover. No. I kind of see Gracie as a bird <laughs> owner, but maybe not. <laughs> She would have a raven in her room because we know she likes yeah. ravens and owls. I would love if, like, just a random, like, like wild raven fellow, like, you know, got attached to me. That would make my life, to be honest. So, um, no, the reason why that I don't want to raise birds is that I think that, well, first of all, they're a lot harder to take care of than one would think. But the second thing is um, the smarter birds, like the cockatoos and the parrots, they can live a very long time. Like they can live up to 80 years. So if I start raising it as like, you know, in my 30s, it's probably going to outlive me in all honesty. So uh, so that's why and, and that's actually why um, what you'll hear a lot is that like, you know, kids inherit their inherit their parrots or their uh, cockatoos from their parents because they're because the cockatoos, like I said, they live up to 80 years. So it's like their parents have died. And so someone has to like raise them and keep them now. So it just it's a long term investment that I don't think is probably the wisest choice is the thing so that's why but what i will say is that i do like watching cockatoo videos on youtube so (laughs) Mm -hmm. they are very cute indeed um all right so sorry about that i realized that i should have asked this question earlier when we were started talking about the good boys of anime but we were we were just so excited to express our love for the good boys that we forgot the most crucial question of this podcast Do any of us uh, do any of us actually have good boys? And the answer is no. Well, I I don't know. Banana's a good boy for me. So, <laughs> um, alrighty then. So Isabel, the baton goes to you now. Um, I have a quick question. Did you pick something from Gintoki or no? I thought about it. I thought about Sadaharu, but yeah, I I don't like Sadaharu that much. I like Elizabeth more, but Elizabeth is supposed to be a person? Question mark. Yeah, there's supposed to be a mascot kata, not a uh, like an actual pet yeah, or like an animal. Actual. Yeah, but it's like a duck, and I just think of Elizabeth as a duck the whole time. But uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so if Sadahara is very cute though. Mm-hmm. So if uh, none of the good Toki characters made it, who did you pick for your good boys? <laughs> I picked uh, Sonic from Blood Blockade Battlefront. Or oh my god! Oh. I said, when you said Sonic, I thought of like Blue Hedgehog Sonic, yeah. and I was like, "Wait, that's a pet." I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I was right. just like, "Oh, are we talking about Sonic X from our like you know cartoon days on Cartoon Network?" No, but- yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Two very different Sonics, but uh, yes, the the adorable monkey from uh, Kikai Sunsun. Yeah, but yeah, I totally associate that name with Sonic the Blue Hedgehog, obviously. Um, like, especially when I started watching Kekai Sense, I'm like, oh, his name's Sonic, but he looks nothing like Sonic. Um, you, <laughs> right, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess, like, that's how ingrained, you know, our minds are with the Blue Hedgehog. It's 
it's everywhere. Or like, if you hear that name, you'll think about that. So just kind of like disassociating myself from that and seeing Sonic, the little monkey, um, for, for who he is and then how he interacts with uh, Leo and the rest of the gang is, I think he's just so cute. He definitely got my attention because he it's like a first of all it's a monkey but it's like a very tiny small monkey he has like really really big eyes and he, he i would say most of the time he's kind of useless um other than and then just eating a lot too which is funny other than he loves bananas but that's like my favorite scenes with him just like he's just like holding a banana and like eat, happily eating Aww. it mm-hmm. and and he'll definitely stick to leo as well but um yeah, most of the time he'll de- he'll definitely come in clutch during some fights or trying to steal something from someone. I Absolutely. think he comes in useful for that. Like he, to me, he feels like a character who's like kind of like a thief like character. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, <laughs> def- definitely. No, does not go at Sonic speed though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I kind of expected too. I'm like, oh, so he's like a really fast monkey, right? But yeah, we're kind of proven wrong. He he goes pretty fast, but definitely not like super duper fast. Um, but yeah, I just really liked his design and just like his little cute sounds when he makes when he wants something or is trying to talk to Leo. Um, he understands what the humans say and everything. And then sometimes he'll also act up as well, kind of act cat like or things like that. So I feel like he's like all these animals included in one little, um, you know, one little body. And then um, his interactions with everyone. It's so cute. I know you guys saw Kekai Sensen too, right? What did you think of Sonic, if you remember? I didn't think of Sonic as like a, a possible like good boy, but now that you're describing it, I'm thinking of like the very first scene where he's kind of a troll and he like steals mm-hmm. um Leonardo's camera and I'm just like, Oh yeah, I definitely remember that now. And then afterwards he's just a wholesome good boy that does good things for the uh, the Libra group. Guys, I found this I found the Sonic eating banana gif. I must send it. <laughs> Yes. You you can post it on our Twitter, you know. They have a uh, you can post gifts now on Twitter. Oh yes, yes. No, I I'm actually considering like, do I just make a thread of like just gifts of like our <laughs> of our like good boys, or should I still do our collage of like four images and stuff like that? Um, yeah, no, I remember Sonic pretty well. I it didn't or it didn't occur to me because of um moja and and yanko sensei being like the first two i would grab no matter what but a thing about sonic that i always liked is that i don't really think pet monkeys are really uh like a common choice in regards to cute mm-hmm. you know cutesy animals like it's usually cats or it's usually cats or dogs, and that's all there is to it. But monkeys are really, really cute when they're like small and chibi like that. So, uh, so I completely agree with your assessment. Uh, and and I do think he is quite fast because wasn't the reason why he bonded with um oh gosh what's the main character's name again I forgot Leo oh yeah Leo. so wasn't the reason why he bonded with Leo because he stole something from Leo but because Leo has those special eyes he was able to focus on Sonic and find him yes that's mm-hmm. the reason why like Sonic was completely caught by surprise that someone could track him that yeah far. exactly so that's really cute as well I think he's adorable <laughs> oh man yeah no that's a good choice is there um you said like the banana the banana EDCs are your favorite right is there anything else like you just like to pause and look at him at? <laughs> yeah when I was researching for this podcast I can't remember if he ever did this but 
there's there's images of him holding like alcohol in his hand wait what next to like a glass yeah i don't i can't remember that scene like if someone remembers please tell me because i'm like i can imagine him doing like a bunch of things like just sitting there with the alcohol and being drunk off of it so i honestly can't remember uh but i'm like is is that a scene like i want to see that if he does do that i think other scenes with he definitely him probably eating like the burger i think oh he is drinking the alcohol Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, my gosh! It's an actual scene yes. from the anime. I, I think it's, like, a very... Like, you had to zoom in somewhere in one of the more chaotic scenes of the anime. But he's actually he is actually drinking alcohol. Yeah, Sonic acting like a grown-up. I have no clue, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So- Sonic is a, is a true is a tr- true adult. And, you know, eat banana and drink. <laughs> <laughs> he lives a simple life. A lovely but simple life. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh gosh yeah he is really cute honestly i just love the chaos of kikai sensei it's like one of those days where it's like it, sometimes you just have to pause a scene just to look at every inch of the screen because there's probably something wild also going on in the background that you're just not noticing yeah. so <laughs> oh man all right so if sonic is your first choice for a good boy who is your second one yeah, the second one is Hawk from Seven Deadly Sins. The pig, right? Oh, Hawk. Yes. Oh, my God. Classic. Classic. Pig, yes. <laughs> I love the pig too much. Uh, yeah, I've seen, like, you can own micro pigs. So I think when I was working in a hospital, I saw, like, three little pigs, and they came in for kind of, like, like therapy for, like, the patients and things. And I'm like, oh, oh that's cute. Cool. so cool to own a pig. But I really don't know the work that goes into that, right? Um, but I just think they're super cute. And so Hawk was definitely a great character that um, in Seven Deadly Sins, I think Hawk is really, really funny. And he's really, really brave too. And he's also, I would say, a mama's boy. I found it uh, like so, I don't know if you guys know, um, you know, Hawk really loves Elizabeth when Hawk meets her and she he stays by her side like all the time. He'll do like anything for Elizabeth, and he right because his master treats him poorly and always threatens to make him <laughs> exactly. bacon. That's why. <laughs> that is so true, but yeah, the boar hat or like the tavern, um, it actually sits on top of like his mom, and his mom can fly. And I'm like, whoa! Like the first time when he was like calling out to his mom, like "Mama, help me" or something, and then like this giant green pig emerges out of nowhere. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Um, can Hawk do that, you know? <laughs> I, I don't know if he'll grow to that size, but that would be pretty cool. Um, I, but yeah, Hawk, like, stays... Sorry, I was thinking, like, I was imagining your face, you know, when you said, like, whoa, I just, just see, like, the slow, like, growing, like, eyes just growing mm-hmm. larger. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was the exact expression that I had in my head as Isabel was recounting the her first reaction to that episode. <laughs> Anyway, tell us more about Hawk, um, since, you know, I don't, like, I definitely haven't seen Seven, seven at least since, so. <laughs> but yeah, um, Hawk also has, like, he also, ha- like, hangs out with Elizabeth a lot, like I said, but he also participates in the fight. Like, sometimes he, he'll be, like, a little chicken, like, running away, like, oh, I can't beat that person, mm-hmm. and he'll just, like, book it. Um, but then, like, his nose is also great. I feel like his his sense of smell is so great, not only for food, but also just if he can smell enemies. Mm. And so that's kind of his way of percepting, oh, are they stronger than me? Or if they're not, or even if they are stronger than him, he'll put up a front like, 
I can definitely fight you. Like, you better be scared of this. So he'll be like bluffing about his abilities. <laughs> and then he'll maybe like find a way to escape or something or make an excuse. You know what that means? That means he's smart. So. <laughs> Hawk is pretty smart, yeah. They do say pigs are very smart in real life, too. Oh, nice, yeah. Like, like just like on the on the farm or just remembering things was it their memory that was good I don't yeah i think they have a really good memory correct me if i'm wrong gracie i think you are right and another thing is you know you talked about how they use hawk's nose uh to find things and stuff like that people will forget that you know pigs noses are also like because we usually think of dogs you know to search for things yeah. via noses but uh but pigs noses are pretty darn good as well because i know that um, don't ask me how I know this because I don't remember how I know this. Uh, but uh, when hunting for truffles, which is, you know, a very lucrative business, uh, sometimes they um, instead of using like trained dogs to find truffles, they actually use trained pigs to find truffles. So uh, so they also use their nose. I saw that on a YouTube video, too. Yeah. About like growing truffles like on a farm. And they're so, like, yeah, we just use pigs to like sniff them out. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, they are really cute, though. Like, the baby pigs, those always look very cute and very pink. So, <laughs> um, I guess, does Hawk have any powers aside from flight? Because I do think I've seen Hawk with wings. So, And you mentioned that the mom has wings. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I don't see Hawk. Hawk doesn't, like, fly too much. Um, I don't know if it's because of his size, but... um. He he doesn't have powers, but he likes to name what he can do. Aww. And I think it's revealed later that he is a, like a special type of character, but I haven't gotten that far. It's like in the manga, so I can't speak on that. Oh. Uh, but yeah, stuff like rolling hammock attack, just like hurling his body around at the <laughs> opponent. Um, or especially like, I think there's another one here. I'm seeing chorizo strike. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Atomic chorizo? Oh my gosh. Um, and then all clean. That's like him just finishing up the plate. Just his dish licking. So what um, I'm hearing ability. is that he names his attacks like Pokemon does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that is so funny. It's so cute. <laughs> I see a picture of mm -hmm. Hawk like wearing a dress and I'm like, I don't know what happened there, but I'm glad that he's living his best life. So... <laughs> Yeah, surprisingly, he's actually really good with his hands too. Apparently, oh. like he, I think he might be able to like tailor dresses or something. Or he he's actually the one who styled Elizabeth, so he has a good sense of so style as well. So he's a fashion designer as well. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get yourself a pig who is both a transportation, a Pokemon, a fashion designer, a truffle sniffer, and. Uh, cute. <laughs> Definitely cute. And also a lifesaver. Like, I think towards one of the end of the arcs where, like, um, I think it was Henderson was, like, un unleashing his, like, last attack onto Melodius and Elizabeth. And pretty much everyone was, like, dead at this point. They were, like, really, they could not move anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, who, he's, like, uh, Henderson was, like, you, there's no one to save you anymore. And, you know, this giant massive like purple uh, ball is like heading towards them it's basically gonna annihilate everyone hawk literally stands in the last second like i'm here to save everyone and i'm gonna take the full brunt of this wow and he literally gets like charred and everyone is shocked at that and yeah it shocked me too i'm like i was wondering you know before that happened who's gonna save him like is someone else like everyone is down like what's gonna happen and it became hawk's moment really 
truly a oh, yeah. good boy from mm-hmm. the sound of it. <laughs> the bestest of boys. Yes, the bestest of boys indeed. <laughs> Do you have a third one like Agnes did or are those your two picks? Yeah, those will definitely be my two picks. That's all I have for today. Alrighty <laughs> then. Well, thank you so much for listening. This is a bit of a shorter episode because, um, you know, who are we to talk anymore aside from just gush about how wonderful our good boys are? So, uh, but also uh, by the time this episode is out, uh, Christmas will be have been over. So I hope everyone listening has had a good Christmas, a good holiday, and we'll also have a good new year in that regard. Uh, we are really close to our 100th episode. So thank you guys so much for staying with us and sticking with us. We really appreciate all your listens and, you know, and your comments to us, of course. So, you know, happy end of 2022. Since the next episode, we will be in 2023. So I will see you guys all next year. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.